Master Chief Amasakai knocks once before scanning her access card and stepping into the darkened office buried deep in secondary security. Two of the technicians, hunched over glowing monitors and frantically typing away, look up at the disturbance for just a second, then turn back to their work. Kai ignores them and steps over to the workstation of the lieutenant commander on a raised platform in the back corner of the room, where he's almost completely buried in esoteric communications equipment and monitors of all different sizes. He peers up at her as she enters and leans back in his chair. Master Chief, so good of you to join us. Tell me, would you say that that retrieval team that you sent after the Werodal has a sense of humor? Images dance through Kai's head, peanuts being shot out of the air, painfully overwrought motivational speeches and faces being buried in palms. She shakes her head. I'm afraid I don't understand the question, sir. The crew of the DAP will take their work seriously, if that's what you mean. He scowls in return. It's not. He reaches out an arm while still leaning away from the console and hits several buttons from as far away as he can manage, as if he wishes to stay clear of whatever it is that he's doing. Tell me what you hear. The lieutenant commander presses another button, and then a recording fills the room. I'm not sure. A creature of some sort? Nothing I'm familiar with. Would you like me to contact a xenobiologist? He waves a hand dismissively. I already have a team working that end of it. The long and short of it is simple enough. We got this blob of sound delivered in a short burst communication relayed through the main antenna of the Weirdal. First peep the ship makes in days, and is forwarding space gibberish home. But that doesn't make sense. So what I'm hoping is that that team of yours is playing a practical joke on us. Especially after the Xenolinguistics team had a go at it. Something twists in the Master Chief's stomach. She's never lose her composure, not in front of a superior officer, not even in private, but something about this bothers her, deeply. My team would know better. They've been briefed on the seriousness of the situation, and they're good at what they do. If I may ask, what did the communication say, sir? The lieutenant commander sighs, holding Kai's eye contact for several long seconds, like he's digging through her countenance before he picks up a printed film on his desk and holds it under the glow of one of the larger monitors so he can see the text better. And then he reads, Infinity ceases now. Infinity ceases now. All things move toward the banquet. All things will be consumed. The void is infinite, and it is ever hungry. Join us voluntarily, or we will show you. We will show you. Infinity ceases now. Does that nonsense mean anything to you, Master Chief? Before she can formulate a response, though, a voice chimes out of the public address system in the room, as well as in her earpiece. Proximity alarm. Foreign organic bodies detected. Proximity alarm. This is Pot Against the Machine. You can take away my spaceship. You can take away my space suit. You can even take away my space lasers. But you can never, ever take away my space game.
Virginia Woolf can't stop me, I'm on fire tonight Joseph Conrad can't stop me, I'm on fire tonight I excite the modern mind like a ray of light Franz Kafka can't stop me, I'm on fire tonight Wallace Stevens can't stop me, I'm on fire tonight E. Cummings can't stop me, I'm on fire tonight I've got postmodern game and it feels alright Welcome back to Pot Against the Machine in Space, the only Starfinder actual play podcast that will remove your polyps no matter what your health insurance situation looks like. I'm your host, and here's everybody. Howdy. Hey. Hello. Polyp free of the way to be. Hello. Uh, last week on the seventh part of episode 100, what did we do? The party answered the call from that was flashing on the communication terminal in the navigation area and found themselves linked up with Anfari, the emergency AI that had taken control of the ship in the absence of a functioning crew or Unity module. Uh, they talked to Anfari, and it seemed like he was uh, not in the greatest state of mind. He was definitely a little bit scared and wanted to turn over control of the ship, while everyone else on the ship was mostly concerned that said ship was you know, infested with those polyps that controlled minds and rewrote computer code and turned everything evil. So the party decided to tell Anfari they were on their way and then head on over to the reactor to rig the entire ship to blow up. They worked on that for a while, got uh, part of the way through it, and then um, Anfari, who um, had been panicking because some crab-like creatures had appeared in the bridge with him, came down in a rather large robot body to see what was taking so long. It turned out that he was infected with the polyps as well and was concerned that none of the humanoid crew was going to be able to resist whatever this control was that these infections were spreading through the crew and the machines and the ship itself. But the party managed to, through a series of diplomatic, engineering, science, and acrobatic checks, convince Anfari that it was the one who couldn't really be trusted, and the whole ship had to go down, essentially, uh, because there there was no way to be sure that the infection was cleared. And Fari agreed, um, and agreed to help the crew, um, at which point alarms went off, indicating that there was something outside the ship closing in uh, rather dangerously. So, um, Anfari asked if they had, by any chance, come in a fighter ship with weapons to do a little starship combat. But the crew had, of course, not come in a fighter ship. They'd come in the Dapple, the space tugboat, or spugboat. <laughs> so, um, Anfari let everyone know that they did have mechanized personnel carriers down in the docking bay of the ship. That would probably be the best bet for defending what was left of the world all and the survivors from whatever aliens happened to be outside. And when we left off, everyone was on their way down to docking to get in some mechanized personnel carriers. Y'all ready to take a sweet, sweet hit of mechamphetamine? <laughs> Where is calm? <laughs> Just the tiniest mech lit. Uh, removed all of the copper piping from our mechs (laughs) oh no (laughs) so there's this dope montage of all of us fumbling with complete lack of experience trying to figure out where the on buttons are and what seat belts to put on it's gonna be great 
Oh, absolutely. Like, the, just the most energetic rock music is playing right now, and everybody, I mean, you are conveniently find yourselves in front of four mechs, each of which, conveniently enough, correlates somewhat to each of your personalities. Uh, why don't we take a moment, and you can all let us know what mech each of your characters chooses. Don't all volunteer at once. Choose someone. Uh-oh, I feel like it's going to be me now. I'll go. Yeah, you you volunteered. Good job. Yeah, fair. Um, Space metal. <laughs> Feral chooses the mech that looks like a dragon. It has no traditional limbs. It's got two wings and a long tail. Um, and the tail, we, we know this because of how looking at it goes, the tail coils up into a hovered pad when it needs to move around. So kind of like a little floating disc that might be pink, I don't know, and as an homage. <laughs> um, and the two wings will occasionally turn into weapons of some sort. I need, would need to check which one specifically, but it's blue and silver. Looks pretty cool. It's got teeth. Yeah. Sounds pretty cool. Kalexa's going to walk up to one that is uh, very tall and thin. It's got thin legs that look very agile, a pair of thin arms. And I think the reason she goes to it is she sees one of the arms has what appears to be a very big gun that reminds her of the gun that she's using. And she climbs up into that one, uh, just this like very lanky, uh, swift-looking bipedal one. All right. I think Tetros goes up to a mech that looks uh, somewhat like an ATST from Star Wars, except for instead of this, the guns on the sides, it has mechanized arms. Uh, so it's it looks fast because uh, it's got legs for days, you know. Really, just the, the leggiest mech. Uh, and. So he's playing against type, being the armiest android. Hmm. Yeah, well. For the leggiest mech. Yep. <laughs> That's what he did. <laughs> uh, so he's, you know, looks quick and looks uh, pretty tough. And uh, he's got to sheave all kinds of weapons to be able to climb up to this thing, but that's the one that catches his attention. And Lysander Alargundum sniffs a rose, puts it back down <laughs> by his side, and approaches the last mech, um, which is kind of like phasing slightly. It's a little translucent at points, um, but more importantly, it's wearing one of those large medieval lace-up shirts in the front <laughs> and says, Hark, Mechuthio, and hops in. All right. so he's literally in the Rose Gundam frame. Yes. G-Gun. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's probably honestly dressed up like George Descent. I would say that that's... <laughs> well, I hope everyone is um, feeling as expert in mech combat as I feel now. Oh, yeah. Having run so many of mm -hmm. these and, you know, even more than I've run General Path or Starfinder combat probably. Mm. This is nice. I feel very in my element about how much I know here, which is nothing, as, you know, considering <laughs> normal Pathfinder, which is also nothing. So I think we're going to smash cut 
into the vacuum of space. Start with a, a wide shot where the stars that you can actually see from here are such tiny little pinpricks of white on the black field that it takes real concentration to even be sure that you can see them at all. You're that far away from anything else. And the frame is going to drift down as the camera pans and slowly we're looking from the top down at a huge domed spacecraft, the Weraldal, illuminated by a series of emergency light tracks that run along every surface, throwing blue and amber light across the field, washing out most of the other colors of the structure around them. And we're going to zoom slowly in on the back section of the ship where the actual decks are held, which would be a large ship in its own right without the massive habitat dome that looms over it. And here we see four metallic figures standing against the darkness, these mechs that you all described, anchored to the frame of the ship with powerful electromagnets so we don't have to worry about zero gravity. The camera slowly comes down, focusing in on these metal figures as the angle gets lower and lower. And now that the camera is down on the same level as these mechs, um, it's going to just like swing around and give us a perspective like we're looking through their eyes or their cameras or windshields and we're seeing what they see. And there it is, coming over the edge of the ship, running along its surface, a wave of oversized tentacle-laden creatures on crab-like legs with huge fanged mouths and hundreds of wild eyes coming barreling charging at the mechs with expressions on their faces that are just completely alien and unknowable. It's space. There's nothing out here to carry the sound, but you feel like you can hear them screaming invitations to the banquet of all things in your heads anyways. So, uh, what does Lysander have for initiative? He rolls a perfect 20 for a 21. Nice. How about Tetros? Tetros gets a 14 for an 18. Kalexa? Kalexa got a 10 for an 18. And Feral. It's a 5 for a 9. I just, I wanted to sing it to make it less sad. <laughs> well, the good news is Lysander is up ahead of any of these wonderful monster friends. Yeah, that's great news as the resident expert in mech combat. So... Uh, start off with my, uh, because of my power core, it starts off with three power points. At the end of my turn, I will have four added on. Um, unfortunately, I can't do a lot of cool stuff with three power points right now. Um, but I can shoot. Boy, can I. So I am going to spend one power point to aim which uh, before attempting attack roll, the mech can activate this ability, roll 1d4 and add the result as an insight bonus to an attack roll. And then he's going to level his frost rifle and fire at red while saying, I mean, third, in delay, we waste our mechs in vain, like lamps before the day. So uh, then he's gonna fire. So with that, this is gonna be a big, um, if you're a big fan of Mercutio, there's going to be a lot of fan service <laughs> for you specifically in this episode. I feel like this is my redemption for all of the English major jokes I've made vicariously through this character. I roll an eight for a, that is 14 on top of that. So that is 22 plus three off the D4. So that is 25. That will hit. 
Alright, it's frost rifle time. Alright, and that is uh, two points of cannon damage and four points of cold damage for big six. Alright. Um, so, yeah, after that hit, devastating hit, that's the end of my turn. Alright, well, Red is gonna just run straight at you, taking a full run action to go a lot of feet, 160 feet, charged directly at Lysander. It's almost up in your face now, and that'll bring us to Kalexa's turn. Okay. Uh, Kalexa is going to power, so I'm up to seven power points. Actually, did that take at the beginning of the turn or the end of the turn? I forgot already. I think it's the end of your turn, so you'd start oh, with end of the turn. So I'm still have. only at three. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so in that case, ooh, that is still enough, though, to do a uh, devastating hit. <laughs> so I am going to uh, pop that on for all of my current power points. And Kalexa is just going to fire up these uh, the rotary cannon in this thing's arm, which is... So that is a plus 10. So then we're adding the mech BAB plus that plus 10. Is that yeah, the mech we... BAB plus your BAB plus your um, dex. Uh, that is a 16 on the die with my plus 15 because these things are amazing. That is a 31 to hit. Uh, 31 hits. <laughs> are you going after red or? Uh, I'm going after red, the one that rushed at us. And because I used uh, my devastating hit, it goes up a damage die. So... That would be instead of 2d10, that should be. Okay. 2d12. 2d12. Okay. Okay, so that is 16 and plus 4, so that is 20 points of uh, kinetic damage. All right, that's a big old chunk. Oh, this is going to be a fun one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so I am uh, done then. All right, Tetros. Yeah, Tetros is going to. Uh, with there it is yeah one of the upper limbs on this mech is a rocket launcher and he is going to they are going to aim at orange because it has the 10 foot explode property uh and if they hit that would get green orange and purple with a little bit of damage uh well, these um, squares are are twenty foot squares, so not purple. Then, really, if it's if if it's ten feet, then You're it's huge. only one target. Okay. No, you can hit both of them because you can okay. just aim. Okay, I, to I the hear you. Right then, yeah, he'll, they'll shoot at, I guess, green straight ahead and get both green and orange. Hopefully, uh, following the brilliance of their captain, uh, LNB uh, Tetris. Uh, is going to aim first, expending a power point. Roll that d4. A two, not not terrible. And then fire a rocket. Ooh, natural 19. Uh, we're looking at a 32. Yeah, that seems like it'll do it. Oh, good. I mean, it's only a d10 plus four, but still chipping seven on the d10 now so 11 points of 
Uh, it's fire and piercing. Nice. All right, so that is green and orange taking some damage. You moving anywhere? You staying in this line? Uh, they'll stay put. All right, that brings us to orange. It is also going to come just rushing up in a straight line. Um, so it's directly ahead of Kalexa, just 20 feet away. All right, on Green's turn, <laughs> Green is um, also go. No, yeah, yeah, it's just going to come running up too. They're just charging right at you because they want to bite you. And um, that'll bring us to Feral. Oh, man. All right. You would think, having seen this done three times now, I would be prepared, but uh, you would be wrong. Feral, uh, in their dragon mech with a hover disc situation, is going to stop flapping their space wings and uh, point one of those wings at, let's say, green. And as they do so, that wing becomes a weapon that is a flamethrower. Um, and gonna try and hit green. That is a 28 to hit. Um, 28 hits. And that is going to be uh, 16 fire damage at green. Poor green. He just wanted to come say hello and it gets burned. And it's just really bad for it. All right, you moving anywhere or are you staying in this line? And I am going to move like I should have done at the beginning of this turn. Right up next to red. Or I guess slightly further away from red. Just to make sure I'm avoiding its little area of reach here. So I'll move up and around. Um, and stay there. All right, that will bring us to purple. And purple is nice and far away from everybody, so it's just going to take a single move action because it didn't get hit. So it thinks life is safe right now. And it is going to... It's just going to charge up with its buddies. We are back around to Lysander. Fall I attack? Nay, I am pink with courtesy. And at that... He expends four power points to Temporal Pulse. Uh, as a standard action, I can emanate a burst of chronological energy in an 80-foot radius. Allied creatures and mechs within the area can take an extra move action on their turn. Well, as enemy creatures and mechs must make a will save. Versus a DC, which is 12, plus my mechs. Uh, tier, so that would be DC 14 will save or lose their move action for the turn. Whoa. This last one round. All right, and that I think means everybody gets a bonus move action on your team, and I got to make three will saves? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it won't reach purple, but it'll affect red, green, and orange. All right, they do have good will saves, so 29 for red. <laughs> just, just a little over. Um, 20 for green. We're getting closer. And um, a 24 for orange. It's not the way I wanted it to go. But it's fine, because all my friends have some action economy. So that is going to be Lysander's turn. All right, well, that's the good thing. 
The bad thing is that Red only needs a single move action to move up to Mercutio and try to bite it. How does a 34 on the bite sound? <laughs> like, if you were to add my EAC and my KAC together, it would be as close to that <laughs> as it is to just one of them. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, that is going to be 15 bite damage to uh, your shields, I believe. Yeah. Thank you. And don't forget, I don't know if yours has hardness or not, but if it does, don't forget. To... Well, the hardness only comes out of HP damage. It doesn't come out of the shield damage. Well, I didn't know if, I didn't know how much shield he had. Like, for me, that would be into HP. I don't oh, have wow, that much really? shield. I didn't know if he didn't. That is all of my shield. I have 15 shield. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds like you got hit pretty hardness. <laughs> all right. Uh, Kalexa is up. Okay, Kalexa is this time going to fire this thing as an automatic weapon. So she is going to aim this rotary cannon out in front of her and just fire a just wall of bullet into uh, green and orange. Uh, So that is a natural 20 because of course it is when I can't score a crit. Nice. Uh, So I'm going to say that's green because I'm going left to right. And then that is a six on the die for a 19 for orange. So I'm assuming orange probably isn't hit. Yeah, that's going to miss orange, sadly. Okay, so that's going to be 2d10. 100. Oh, they're both hundreds, but that is an eight and a 10. Uh, so that is 18 and then plus four. So that is 22 points of damage to green uh, kinetic piercing. That's a big chunk. And then, uh, do I get a move action if I do? I'm still confused on how these, uh, Um, you, thanks to Lysander, you have an extra move action. Okay, so I do still have one even after using that. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Kalexa's mech is then just going to kind of hop a little bit to the right just to put a little bit of space, uh, in between it and Tetris's mech just so we're not quite so bunched up in case they have any kind of like AOE junk they want to do. Nice. Setting yourself up for the flank. I like it. All right. Uh, and that will be her turn. Okay. Uh, that brings us to Tetros, turn number two. Yeah. Tetros indeed. Uh, considering these things are coming in closer, I think he's going to make the take the chance to get an exploding weapon out before it be in his own face. So we're just going to take another aim and rocket launcher shot to get both green and orange again. Four on the D4 this time. Uh, unfortunately, a terrible roll on the D20, so it's going to just miss and sail off to eventually you know, probably obliterate someone's home on a distant planet. You hate to see it. Nice. I mean, it'll probably be like thousands of years before that happens, at least. True. Uh, but uh, he has this extra move thanks to his buddy by buddy i mean captain uh and by captain i mean reluctant authority figure uh so he'll probably just move backwards and then move right back to the same spot just to show like hey i appreciate that uh and that'll that'll end his turn (laughs) (laughs) all right well on initiative 18 another of these nathalgu not nathalgu we don't know that name. 
um, comes skittering over the side and it just runs up stops a little ways away and it is going to surrender it's gonna fire it's gonna fire a line of electricity at uh, Farrell's mech so I am going to need a reflex save reflex save I can do uh oh that's a bad roll that's a eight total well um you get shocked by this blast of electricity to the tune of 29 electrical damage from the newcomer it's a nice friend well shields were fun well they do start they do recharge every turn on your turn um your tier you can use a PowerPoint before making a saving throw to give yourself a plus D4. I just learned this. There are so many rules to this game. It is wild. Oh, like as a reaction? Yeah, in the um, because <laughs> all mechs get one reaction a turn. So, like, there's a couple things that are not. Resist is one of them, and that's like yeah, the one. it only it costs one PP. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and since you didn't use a, then you could do that. Spoiler, it would not have helped. <laughs> not when you roll a nine. True, true. Um, all right, uh, then an orange eight, is... Sam. Oh, okay. Well, it would have helped an eight. <laughs> orange is going to step up, and it's got its choice of targets here. I think it's going to try to bite Tetros. I keep losing my attack roll, but that is a very good attack. That is a 36. <laughs> Very good. Uh, I'm glad that was a very good one. Not like, ooh, that's a low roll. Uh, yeah, that super hits. Um, very good damage roll, too. So I am doing math in my head. Uh, 17 damage. Okay. Uh, so that'll fully deplete his shields. As a reaction, though, uh, Tetris is going to spend two power points for an energized retort. What does that do? Uh, as a reaction, if I, uh, thanks to one of my auxiliary slots, the plasma shock circuit, uh, if I lose shield points, I can channel the shield's lost energy into one of my weapons that deals energy damage and get to deal additional damage equal to half of the shield points that I lost wow. by the, if I attack with that weapon by the end of my next turn. Well, that sounds snazzy. Yeah. I mean, it still hurt. I didn't like it. All right. Well, unfortunately for Tetros, green is up in his face now. Um, that is a 21 to hit with the bite. Nowhere near as good. No, that's a miss. That could have been pretty rough after the big hit right before. Uh, Feral, you're up. You're flanked out wide. You just got shot with electricity. Everything's fine. Okay. I'm going to step up a square, and I'm going to try and get red, green, and orange in a flamethrower line? Is that valid? Oh, dang. I mean, they're in a straight line. A hundred feet in a line. Um, yeah, orange is a hundred feet away, so <laughs> yep. Okay. So let's do that. I'm going to roll to attack and add... Ooh, that's a... Well, it's a 19. Um but adding all the things is a 34. (laughs) Yep, 34 will hit everybody. Great, and then I'm going to roll this. 
That's 17 points of damage. Is that, like, it's spread between them? They each take 17. Is that how that they works? They each take 17. That's wild. Why don't we do this all the time? That's one of the benefits <laughs> of a line weapon. Wow, we should all have line weapons. It just, you have to be lucky and hope everybody lines up. <laughs> this is just like that time when Asher shot someone and we were like, we should all have guns. Yes. Yeah, as long as people are in a line, it's it can be devastating. Uh, that's my turn. All right, well, green is looking... Green's looking quite wobbly. The other ones still have some beef left on them. All right, purple is up next. Purple is going to uh, thunder its way up to Kalexa. It's, let's see, I think it's going to take a little bit of a circuitous route here and go away and then come back just to, because it doesn't want to be in a line after seeing what just happened. And then it's going to try to chomp Kamexa. Uh, 22 to hit? Nope, that does not hit. Oh my god. Things have turned against the crab monsters. Alright, Lysander, you get four more shields back, and uh, you're up with the thing that just bit your mech. Yes, so I got four more shields back, but I'm also going to use my replenish for two power points to add another d8. Onto those shield points. That's a one. Ooh. <laughs> it's all right. There's a one on every die. So let's just pop that up to five. Cool. Um, and then, so I have a land speed of 100 feet, but I would like to do another temporal situation, temporal pulse, uh, thus depleting my 6 PP. Um, but that gives everybody a move action again. So that is a reaction, a standard action. And then for my move action, I'm going to move uh, back and to the west. So um, yeah, I'm kind of in line with Pharaoh. That will be Lysander's turn. All right, these things are not as fast as you little mechie doos over here. So Red is going to stomp on over to Feral to try to take a bite. Going after their recently depleted shields. Um, that is a 27 to hit on the bite. 27 will hit. And um, 17 damage. 17. Oh, I'm going to be so, so embarrassed. Take out if hardness. I Oh, okay, so I'm going to add two back. Yeah, that'll keep you in the fight, killer. Okay. Um, oh, and then I forgot the replenish thing. I'm going to resist thing. I'm going to remember that next time. I don't think it would have helped here. Okay. Um, Kalexa, you are up. Okay. Uh, first thing Kalexa is going to do is use her regular move action to draw with the hand that isn't holding her now empty gun because when you use uh, automatic fire it empties your magazine regardless of how many things you're shooting at uh, but her other hand is going to reach down to like the small of this thing's back and pull out a plasma sword then <laughs> <laughs> going to use my reaction to activate devastating hit again uh so that this will be, instead of 2d8, this will be 2d10 uh, of electricity and fire. 
and she is going to swing at this thing. Uh, purple, specifically, is what I mean when I say this thing. Uh, that is a 12 on the die. So that is a 26. That'll hit. Uh, that is a 7 and a 9. So that is 16. And this gets plus 9. So that is 25 points of electricity and fire. Oh, that's a big one. And then she's going to use her extra move action that Lysander gave her to back up and to the uh, west a bit to get some space away from this thing. Alright. Tetros, you just got chomped. Yeah, didn't feel great. Uh, Going to do that hot replenish. So I'm going to add a d8 to this tier's worth of shields. Ooh, seven. Thank you. Uh, Oh. So that that's significant, much much better. Uh, using that generous move action, uh, Tetris would like to fly back 80 feet, uh, kind of unfortunately closer to purple, but trying to get farther away from green and orange. Then uh, they're going to use their normal move action to reload, pop two more rockets into the rocket launcher. Uh, do an aim and fire at that space to get green and orange again. But they're just best friends. Yeah. They always have to be right next to each other. I appreciate that. I got a three on that D4, so that'll help. Awesome. I really wanted this to hit because it's going to have that extra damage from losing shields. And I did uh, with a 29. All right. This could be a big deal here. Uh, That is 18 points of fire and piercing. Well, that is the end of green. Yeah! And orange is looking pretty rough. I have to do a little bit of math to determine how rough. Orange still has some beef left to it, but we got one of them down. 62 more to go, gang. All right, productive turn. Uh, blue is, since it f- already fired off, its special electric attack is just going to come running up. It is going to stop a little bit short of being in a line with the others. Well, actually, no, it's going to go a little bit past being in a line with the others because it's so smart and it was already two squares up from them. That's the end of that one's turn. Orange is coming up two squares as a move action, and it's going to try to chomp Kamexa. No, that's wrong. Uh, that is a... Not... What? <laughs> the name. Sorry. I shouldn't have said anything. Oh, oh Kamexa. I get it. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm wrong. It was me. I was the yeah, one Yeah, because it's wrong. a mech. <laughs> I was so confused. I'm never going to recover from that, but it is a 23 to hit. Um... Uh, is this this thing's bite is not uh, an energy weapon, correct? It's twenty three versus KAC. Okay, then that is not a hit. All right, that's very sad for Orange. I have a feeling it doesn't have a lot of turns left in it. Uh, Feral, it is your turn. Oh man. Okay. Uh, well, no one is. Are people standing in a line? Can you shoot lines diagonally? For yeah. example, red, blue, orange. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, is that so. line long enough that it will also get Tetros? Oh, no. Uh, I don't know. Are they all in one? Maybe. Oh, no, they are. Right. Yeah, I definitely will. Uh, yeah, but you have to back up. Move, though. Yeah. And that's, yeah, if you go south one square, then you have a 100-foot line that stops at Orange's Square and <laughs> doesn't hit Tetros. <laughs> Can I do the replenish thing and also attack? Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, because replenish. replenish is a reaction. So I'm going to use two power points to do that. And add a d8 to my shield. Let's roll a d8. I would like a d8, please. And you're also adding your four that you get just from regular, yeah. Great. Shields back up. And now I'm going to attempt to do the shooty fire thing. The old shooty fire guy. Uh, that is a 24 to hit. Um, EAC? Yeah, because it's fire. That will hit all three crab beasties. Oh, <laughs> and not and not my dear friend Tetris. Great. Uh, 16 points of fire damage at red, blue, orange, not Tetris. All right, 16 points of damage. Let's see, red is looking hurt. Blue is still pretty fresh. And orange is looking very rough. Uh, that's my turn. All right, well, purple is going to come a-chomping. Um, chomping on Tetros's door, I think. Chomp, chomp, chomping on Tetros' door. Uh, that is a 36 to hit. 26 to hit. 26, not 36. Uh, either way, you got me. All right. All right, that is 18 damage. Oof. Uh, again, the reaction uh, to the energized retort. I'll spend two more power points. All right, purple is done. There is a lot of damage uh, spread out between everybody on the field right now. Lysander, can you finish somebody off? Oof. Well, yes, probably. Um, let's see. Red is next. So Lysander is going to he's going to spend. Okay, so he's going to get his his shieldy situation back. Um, he is going to spend his reaction to also add 1d8 to his shields. Let's do that first. Cool, seven. So that is a total of 11 on his shields, which are totally back up, which is great. Cool. And then he's going to spend one power point to aim. Um, <clears throat> and then he is going to level his frost rifle at red and fire. So that is a 22 to hit red. DAC 22. Oh, sick. Yay. Excellent news. Um, so he is going to roll 1d10 plus 4. All right. That's 4 shooty damage and 4 cold damage for a total of 8. All right. Red is still up. So, yeah. That was a... That was a not devastating hit. That's my turn. 
All right, well, red is still up. Um, it's right in Farrell's face, so I don't think it really sees an incentive to move. It's just going to try to bite him. Uh, that is a nat one, so that's not going to work. Yes. It doesn't work. No. It, it wanted it to work, though. All right, Kalexa, not Kamexa. I've got a plasma <laughs> uh, sword. Kalexa is trying to look up and getting no <laughs> answers. Um, if you have a missile battery that as a full round action can fire multiple times, do those all have to be at one target? I don't know. <laughs> Stop asking hard questions. <laughs> I and I keep either getting stuff about magic missile, which is not it, or about the missile weapon for a starship, which is a different weapon. <laughs> I'm assuming it's got to be one target because it's technically doing it using the volley uh, modifier, which I know for like handheld Starfinder weapons, the volley modifier is one target. So. I'm going to say that you can spread between multiple enemies. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, but yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, so that's a 28 against orange. That'll hit. Uh, that is a nat 20 on the next one, so that is a 30 against blue. All right. That also hits. Uh, 26 against red. Uh, that also hits. And 25 against purple. <laughs> that also hits. One missile per okay. crab beast. Yeah, all right. And this is uh, 1d4 plus 4 fire and piercing. So they're not super powerful. But I can hit everybody. Uh, so that is 6 damage to uh, orange. So that is 7. And do you... On a crit, do you double the... Uh, what's added to it yeah you double everything yeah okay so that is 16 plus 7 is 23 to uh blue a uh, big one on blue uh seven on red and six on purple all right so red and orange are like at death's door blue and purple still got some beef left to them that was a, a nice missile spray on everybody. Are you moving anywhere? Or you staying there? Uh, she's gonna stay right there. All right, um, Tetros, you are up. You got two beasties in your face. Yeah, and none of them are positioned close to each other like friends. So you killed the friends. Uh, you did that. I, I did. <laughs> and you know what? No regrets. Uh, Tetros is going to first do that replenish. Uh, only four, so could be better, but I'll take it. And then, and I'm just burning through PowerPoints, like I'm presenting at a conference. <laughs> uh, and uh, Tetros is going to, instead of using the rocket launcher in his other arm he has a they have a sword but is it a sword what as a move action 
it reconfigures into a shearing lash and as I activate whip mode and will then uh, slash at the nearly dead orange with a sword whip. Yeah! Again, I want really wanted to hit because I get the bonus points from my reaction last time. Uh, that was a natural 19, so we are very good. 30. Uh, and uh, it's going to be a d6 plus 15. 6 on the dice, so... That is 21 points of fire and slashing to orange. That's the end of orange. Yeah. Orange, you glad you got attacked last round for that bonus damage? Ish. <laughs> it depends. If if orange had like one hit point remaining, no, I would have just killed it <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it had slightly more than one. All right. Uh, are we moving anywhere or hanging out. No. Used the move action to enter whip mode. Alright. Uh, well, when a problem came along, you had to whip it. Whip it exceedingly well. Blue is going to step up to Kalexa for the customary crab bite. That is uh, 25. That's actually a hit. 18 damage. Big damage. And uh, that's the end of that one's turn, uh, which brings us to Feral. Uh, Feral is going to first replenish. Let's do that one. Replenish. And a D8. That's another five. But hey, that gets their shields back up to full. Okay. That done, uh, they're going to take a step back, or a couple steps back, just so as to not get their friend their good, good friend, Kalexa. Kamexa. <laughs> um, and try and flamethrower red and blue. Ooh, not great. That's, ugh, that's a 17. 17 total to hit will not yeah. hit. Yeah. Um, all right, that's my turn. All right. Um, purple is um, hanging out next to Tetros, so it's going to try to bite Tetros. Um, that is a 25 on the bite. Yeah, just barely beats it. All right. Uh, 15 damage. Not great damage. Oofta. Still fully depletes the shields. Going to uh, not use Energized Retort, considering the amount that he lost was a lot less. So less of a worthwhile on the powerpoints all right uh lysander all right lysander is going to tighten the i don't know drawstring on the front of the mech shirt <laughs> and take a step a couple steps south um raising the scythe in the other hand he is going to Prior to taking that attack, um, apply accurate strikes for one power point, um, which will um, increase the BAB. In fact, just going to raise and strike. 
with the old Scythe do. That is a 10 off the die for a 24 KAC. A 24 hits. Alrighty. It's Scythe time. That's 10 points of damage. And so falls the red crab monster, which was incidentally the next turn in the initiative order. By my heel, I care not. <laughs> All right, that brings us to Kalexa. All right, Kalexa uh, is once again going to look at her empty rotary cannon and go, I need a free hand. And uh, interesting thing about the uh, plasma sword is it has the throne property of a 20-foot uh, range, which, thanks to the size of these squares, means I can only throw it at something directly next to me, like blue is. <laughs> <laughs> so, rather than using Replenish, I'm going to use Devastating Hit as my uh, power for this turn, and she is going to chuck her sword at blue. Uh, that is a 19 on the die for a 33 to hit. Yep, that'll do it. Okay, and this will be because I used, I think this is 2d10 of electricity and fire. Uh, that is 7 plus 9 is 16 electricity and fire. All right. Uh, directly into Blue's face as the sword like buries itself in him. Oh. And then she uses her move action to reload her rotary cannon. All right, Blue's looking quite hurt. And uh, Tetros, you and Kalexa have this kind of back-to-back -back thing in go going right now. Yeah, back-to-back, -back, 60 feet away from each other, space <laughs> is big. Uh, <laughs> Tetros is going to... Uh, spend two power points to replenish. Ugh, only a three. It's going down every time. Uh, but, oh well. And then they are going to just strike out with the, uh, the sword whip was only for a single round, so now it's just back to what appears to be just a regular sword. And that's fine for what we need. So he's just going to uh, slash out at purple with uh, the sword way up. If he hits, I'll activate devastating hit because it's after you hit but before you deal damage. But if I miss, I'm not going to worry about the power points. Uh, I think that was a wise choice for me because that is only a 17. Uh, definitely does not hit. Uh, and... That is the end of Tetris's turn. Maybe life. Who could say? All right. Uh, Blue is right up in Kamex's face, going for another bite, as these things do. That is only a 22. That is a miss. All right. Um, that'll bring us back around to Feral. So, uh, Feral is going to move... Mm there are no cardinal directions in space up uh, some feet and attempt to flamethrower again, right? I don't need to replenish. Ooh, I'm also going to attempt a devastating hit. All right, here we go. All right, and this one's only going to hit blue because purple's too far. Fair, fair. 
Ugh, that's another terrible roll. That's a 19. A 19 doesn't do it. Yeah, uh, that's my turn. Okay. Um, purple's hanging out next to Tetros. You know what it's got to do. That is a 23 to hit. And that misses by one. The big wooden D20 has gone very cold. <laughs> All right, Lysander, you're up. Let's see. Lysander is going to, yeah, step up to blue, uh, just to the south of it, and take a swing with his scythe again. Oh, that's a nat one for a 15. Oof. I think the table's gone cold. And uh, that's his turn. All right, Kalexa, you threw your sword. No sword now. Yeah, but she also reloaded her giant rotary cannon. <laughs> so she is going to unload into uh, blue at point blank space range, which is still like a quarter of a football field away from it. Uh, oh, and I, I already rolled the die, so I'm going to keep myself honest and say that I did not say ahead of time that I was using Devastating Hit. I thought Jeff just said you can decide after. Yeah, it's after you hit before you deal damage. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, it does say after you... Yeah, you're right. It does say after you fire before you hit. So, in that case, yes, I'm using Devastating Hit. Uh, and that is a 16 on the dice. That is a 31. That'll do it. Okay. My D12, speaking of Devastating Hit. Uh, that is an eight and a nine, so that is 17 plus four, that is 21 points of piercing damage. Oh, so close. Ah. It's still up. Oh. Looks like it could be knocked over with a space feather. She hits with a space feather as her move action. <laughs> uh, no, that's my turn. All right, Tetros. Tetros is going to try and not replenish. Maybe we'll regret it, but with the amount he gains from his tier, he's uh, getting close to full. What could possibly go wrong? Uh, and they are instead going to make a uh, another sword whip attack. If it hits, it'll be devastating. If it doesn't, it'll be emotionally devastating. And we're good. That is a 24, I think you said that hits earlier. It does indeed. Whew, up by a ton. Uh, that is 12 points of slasheroo. Oh, nope. I, I made it devastating. Oh, so much better. Uh, that is 16 points, because I rolled the correct die size uh, of slashing. All right. That's a big dent in purple. Who was the healthiest one of the two remaining? Uh, you going anywhere? Or you staying there? Uh, well, I guess he didn't use a move. Uh, yeah, let's kind of go through the square of orange and try to get just kind of adjacent to green, kind of sweeping through next to Kalexa in case they don't, you know, because somehow these things probably could space AOLU. Uh, and I just didn't want that to happen. But now I should be... Uh, well, he hasn't... Yeah, he has an 80-foot speed. So that wasn't just enough to get around there and hopefully not get at least full attacked. So that's his turn. Their turn. Tetris' turn. 
All right, um, blue is, let's see, it's going to try to chop Lysander. It's getting bored of just chopping Kalexa every time. Fair. Um, that is much better roll. has a 31 sound. <laughs> so good. See, it just needed a little variety in its life. It was getting stale. Uh, that is 17 points of chomp. Ooh, that's all my shield, but negated the other two by my hardness. All right, um, Feral is back up. All right, I'm ready. Feral's going to, because I'm a creature of habit, and I guess so is Feral now, take a step, couple steps forward. Uh, a couple big steps. It's actually more of a flight thing because um, their dragon mech doesn't have legs. So hovers forward and is going to try and grab purple and blue in the flamethrower again. That has worked pretty well aside from the terrible rolling part. Let's do better this time. That's better this time. Uh, 32. And that'll hit both of them. Ooh, and a paltry eight damage. Eight flames on the side of its face. <laughs> um, well, blue takes the clue and um, I should have just Thank called you. it like Peacock and died. But blue's dead is the point. Um, purple is not dead, but it got flamed. And um, purple is going to come rushing over, straddle its dead buddy, which I will move out of the way so I can see purple. And... Um, just try to chomp Kalexa. And that is gonna be a 35 to hit. Wow. Where did that come from? That is just shy of a crit. I was gonna say that. If that's not a 20, it's gotta be close to it. Because you went from missing to hitting high enough that it would have been a crit in 2e. Um, uh, yeah, that is definitely a hit. That's 18 damage on the chomp. Purple means business now that it's all alone. Ooh. Well, my shields are all gone again. All right, Lysander, one crab left. One crab left. The Lysander Norwich Barstow story. So I just realized that the scythe has a 20-foot reach, so I can just chill here. And I'm going to do the same accurate strike for a power point. That is a 28 to hit. 28 hits. That is 13 points of damage, max damage. All right. That is, purple is looking very close to dead now. Yeah. You know, um, nothing against time scythe can make defense, nor mine. Um, all right. That brings us to Kalexa. Right. Uh, Kalexa is going to use replenish uh, because I'm down a good chunk of health after that. Uh, so that's two points and that gives me an extra D8. There's one of those. Ooh, five. Okay, so I get nine shield back. Almost back to full shield. Uh, and then she is going to shoot this thing in the face. Uh, that is a 10 on the die for a 25. 25 hits. Ten, because I didn't do my thing to make it more. Fifteen, yeah, fifteen. Set is a nineteen points of piercing as she once again unloads this giant, uh, like minigun into its face. And that is enough to destroy the purple crab monster. And I think 
as the smoke from your guns are, are clearing here and it, it seems like the threat has been neutralized, you can feel it in your mechs the vibrations of something huge contacting the ship and it appears to be headed your way. But you do have a moment here if you want to do anything dramatic regarding anything giant coming towards the ship. Like you saying we can do the type of thing that maybe the game recommends you don't do mid-combat? Yeah, you have a, a, a long enough respite that you can do the sort of thing that the game might recommend not doing mid-combat. Over over the comms on our uh, Tetro says, I sense something is approaching. Perhaps to best defend the Weirdal, we should see if our four separate mechs could perhaps attach themselves together. Yes, I love this idea. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I, th- I think that should work. So please fan art of an ATST, a dragon, uh, a medieval laced <laughs> shirt, and Kalex's mech forming the most absurd Voltron you've ever seen. Yay, Voltron! And the transformation sequence for it is, of course, amazing and goes on for 20 minutes. I mean, it's it's an yeah. episode unto Set itself. to the music from Sailor Moon. Mm-hmm. Yes. Exactly what I was thinking. the entire soundtrack of Sailor Moon though it's a great soundtrack well as you form this mega mech composed of all of your mechs together and miraculously you all wind up in the same crew compartment as these things form up into a much bigger friend uh, you see Slorping its way over the side of the Weraldal and cruising towards you, a massive worm-like beast with no eyes, but a huge beaked mouth on one side and uh, sort of this strange shimmering metal horribleness oh. around it and like glowing red dots on it. it it's a nice friend. I, was gonna say, I see like six eyes in that picture. Yeah, it sort of looks like it has eyes. It doesn't have regular <laughs> eyes. It has little yeah. horrible glowing red it's got dots. Face dots. Yeah. yeah. Usually, when something has glowing red dots on the face, I assume well, their eyes. I think no one would want to look <laughs> into those glowing red dots, at least. So, as this worm that spacewalks comes towards you, uh, you all have this mech together, and I think the way the mech, like the combined crew mech, works, is that you all have one initiative. I think. And the mech itself gets a move action, and then you each get a standard action. We can up to six standard actions can be given by up to six pilots. So we, if we all do the same piloting actions we've been doing, then it'll get one move action and four standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I'm gonna remove everyone from the counter except for uh, Voltron and the Worm, and um, you all are up. Oh man. Okay, so round one, we don't start with a lot of, we only start with what? Like, no, we got not, nine PP to start to a turn, max 18, right? Yeah. Um, okay, cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, what do we want to do? Kill it? Yes. I mean, a lot of our, like, things can be done against another mech. 
but it seems like shooting it right now would be like a good idea. I feel like shooting it. It's far away. Yeah, we got a decent number of guns on it. <laughs> Even without moving, we could hit it with two of our weapons, and if we moved, we'd get in range for more. Almost everything, yeah. Okay, so do we want to do like standard action move to get close, and then we can just throw some weapons at it? Yeah, if we get within 80 feet, we can shoot every weapon we have at it, because <laughs> that's the right. shortest range. Let's do that. Okay, now we just have to choose a weapon. Well, theoretically, you can do four weapons. One, each of you can use one. So who's firing what? <laughs> Alex is going to fire the rotary cannon since that came from her mech anyway. The inexplicably larger than before rotary cannon. Yeah, I have an extra plus one to fire this now from what I had before. Uh, that is a 19 on the die for a 34. Yeah, that'll hit. And it's now 3d10 because it's a big rotary cannon somehow. Ooh, that's two tens. Uh, 24 plus 6, that's 30 points of uh, piercing. Nice. The giant horrible worm thing lets out a scream that no one can hear because it's space. <sighs> Fair. That That's the rule. That's true. All right, who's going next? Okay, I'll shoot an acid dart rifle because that's one that came from mine. Um, let's roll to attack. That's a 17 off the die for a 31. Yeah, that'll hit too. Great. That's going to be 19 corrosive damage. All right. Um, that's another big chunk. You guys have done almost 50 damage to it. Yeah, Tetris would... Uh lift the inexplicably larger rocket launcher and fire a rocket at it uh, and is inclined to make it devastating if it hits because that makes it 3d12 that's so many d that is a 32 oh yeah <laughs> that'll hit as well I'm going to roll and roll 20 because fun, fun bonus fact about me Jeff the player uh when I take out my sets of dice, I leave the D12s and the Caltrop D4s in their bags or whatever, because like, I'm never going to use those. Uh, and here we are. Also, the Caltrops are dangerous. Yeah, I I won't roll them. I'll only roll Infinity D4s from Dice Envy. Uh, because I don't have the, any cool Norse Foundry D4s, feel free to send those <laughs> my way. Uh, don't worry, I saved it. So I have a pair of like obelisk shaped Norse foundry D4s that I really like. Uh wow, that's pathetic. A one, a ten, and a six on three D twelve. Uh so twenty-three points of uh fire and piercing. And that is uh Tetris's standard. Alright, that's another big chunk off of this absolutely massive beaked worm beast. How about Lysander? Uh, I guess, yeah. Well, we could bring some airs from heaven or some blast from hell and levels the sonic shotgun and takes an old shoddy do. That's <laughs> an 18. <laughs> <laughs> uh, an 18's not going to do it. 
Alright, that is, uh, that's nothing on his turn. Alright, well, as this, um, worm closes in on all of you, a strange aura creeps in through the walls of the mech. I'm gonna need a will save from all of the pilots. Sure, my will save sucks. Yeah, it does. Oh, there they are. Oh, wow, yeah, no, mine is also very bad. I have a plus zero. That's not good. <laughs> All right, so, um, Kalexa, what do you have? Uh, Kalexa got a 16 on the die for a 16. Oof. Uh, Lysander, what did you get? A noble eight. <laughs> Ooh, not a noble eight. How about Feral? <laughs> Uh, less noble, 14. And, uh, Tetros. An emotionless 14. <laughs> Ouch. Well, um... Is where we all lose our grip. Um, you are all, except for Kalexa, overwhelmed by just this mad hunger and are compelled to spend the next round um, searching the area around you for something to eat as just the ravenous overwhelming desire to feed coming from the void itself is overwhelming you for the time being um now it's um it's just gonna try to bite you that one well luckily it's probably gonna get another turn because only Kalexa can act on the next round oh, no. was that mind affecting <laughs> okay um that was a mind affecting com- compulsion effect yes because that means my racial android plus two Brings my 14 to a 16. Yeah. Oh, nice. Nice. So, um, Tetros is actually okay. Which Classic Tetros. Oh, uh, Kalex is going to look around at, uh, the captain and Feral, like, grabbing stuff off the control panel and trying to chew on it and go, uh, wh- wh- what are you guys doing? And she's gonna then fire the big gun at it again. Uh... That's a 20. I'm never not using this die. A natural 20? Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, why don't you go ahead and roll me a D100. High is good. Oh, if high is good, then that's not good, because that's a 28. Uh, 28 will do it. 20% fortification on this guy. Oh. Yes. So since I know that's a hit, I'm going to use my reaction to... Uh, oh, I tried to bump his thing up. I'm going to use my reaction to make this a devastating hit and up these to D12s, which I will then roll twice. 30-31, and then plus 12 would be 43 points of piercing damage. Oof. <laughs> uh, All right, amazing. that's a huge chunk off this guy. Yeah. And uh, then she looks at Tetros, the only other one not actively trying to eat the ship, and goes, do something. <laughs> oh, an excellent idea, Alexa. I was considering not doing that. Uh, <laughs> Tetros will, because we haven't used the, the mech's move action yet, uh, scooch on back an ooch. Maybe a couple ooches. I don't know if uh, this giganto space worm of death will AOL us but I'd rather also not get full attacked so scooching on back uh, will then just you know do that again with the rocket launcher uh, we 
don't have a ton of PowerPoint, so I guess I'll start with the hit. Let me just not get carried away. Oh, but I shall, because that was a natural 18. Uh, might as well make it devastating, unless we want to save it for crits. But Then here's another 3d12 plus 6. Again, 2105. Uh, 23 points of fire and piercing. Alright, it's looking very hurt at this point, but it is still up. Now the worm is going to close back in. I need new will saves from Kalexa and Lysander. Can you shake this hunger? Wait, Kalexa and Lysander? That's. No, uh, Farrell and Lysander. Yeah. I know all of the characters' names so good <laughs> in this game. So, um, Farrell, what did you get? Sam, that's a 13, which, for those of you keeping track at home, is one worse than last time. All right, well, you're still starving and just so desperately searching for that pack of chips that someone left in, in the mech cockpit somewhere. This is why you always carry <laughs> snacks on you. Mm-hmm. No um, continental in the mech. You shot all oh, of those so peanuts true. before it. They would have come in so handy. Oh, it's true. How about Lysander? I rolled the exact same as before. <laughs> so I had another 14. <laughs> so once Stay again, um, just the absolute starvation from you two. Well, mm -hmm. um, the worm is actually going to try to bite with a 28 this time. Oh, does that hit us? Oh, it does. It does. Uh, yeah, I think it does. Yeah, it does. Yeah. We're at 25 yep. for KSC. Um, all right. Well, you're not grabbed because it doesn't beat you by enough to grab the mech. Uh, but that is 33 chomp damage from Ooh. the massive bite from this thing. Mm -hmm. uh, should be thanks. very happy that it didn't grab you. Yeah. Uh, Tetros will use the reaction to... Uh, energized retort so that we'll be able to add uh, 10 extra damage of uh, energy from losing all of our shields. <laughs> <laughs> How much did we take again? I forgot while I was clicking energized retort. Oh, no, it was 33. 33. So all 33. of our shields okay. and then 12 out of our yep. health. We have nine, uh, three hardness. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So nine out of our nine health. Nine out of health. Yeah. We hard. Because when mechs form together, they get harder together. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's physics. That's, Look it up. That's just science. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. Um, you two are up. Can you finish this thing off before it grabs and probably eats you? You got this. You too. I'll use them on a replenish and get more points back. There's a D8. That's a seven. Nice. Awesome. Uh, oh, and actually, this is a tier six mech, so I think I get another D8. I do. Yeah. Six. Okay, so that's 13 back plus the level. So that is 19 points back. Nice. nice. To our shields. Oh. Shields almost full. And uh, then Klexa is, you know what? She's going to fire the shotgun at this thing. Because if I'm lucky, we can knock it down in space, which is totally something that can happen. 
nope, that's only a 14 on the die, so it does not get the crit effect. Uh, but that is... What is my plus on the shotgun? Still the same thing. Uh, so that is a 30. Uh, 30 hits. Okay, so it's 3d8 plus 6. 5, 5, and 7. So that is 17 plus 6. That is uh, 23 points of sonic damage. Is this the 10 points could be added on because it's energy? Oh, yeah, plus yeah, plus the 10, so uh, 33 points of sonic. So- Oh, doesn't it not work against that with energy? It's, no, it works of energy, but it's uh, when you do the reaction, you channel it into a specific weapon. I didn't specify, but in just consistent wise, Tetris had been channeling that into the rocket launcher. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Then you can still use it on yours, yeah. So that'll still work when you if do it's your not dead, rocket I mean. fire. Yeah, it's it's yeah. not dead. Don't worry about that. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. So that was twenty-three points of Sonic. Okay. All right. It it's definitely very hurt, but it's not dead. It's a giant space worm. Got this, Jeff. It can't die till it eats you. Like well, grew up on my planet farming space worms. Uh, and Tetris will use the move action to reload the rocket launcher, and I imagine that it's sort of crackling with the shield-absorbed energy as they uh, level it at the space worm. Uh, We're pretty close to it, so they're going to aim for sort of a a farther square just so they don't explode on ourselves. Uh, It's only a 10-foot, so it's probably not necessary, but it also feels insane to put a rocket launcher up to something's face. Insane or awesome. (laughs) <laughs> and seeing how dead it is I guess we're out of power points did we gain the two at the end of last turn yeah okay. and then uh, use them for the replenish cool cool was going to aim hopefully don't need it yeah dirty 30 alright that is going to be a d10 plus 16 thanks to the reaction Ah, only four on the ten, so twenty uh, fire and piercing. Is that including the elemental damage? It is. All right. It is not actually dead. I thought you were gonna get it, but you needed a better roll on that d10. I mean, yeah, it would've been super cool, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, can I get those will saves from Feral and Lysander? Oh no. Okay, well, that would just be a plus two. Okay, so 19. All right, Lysander recovers his senses. He is able to take a turn next round. How about Farrell? That's an 18. Uh, 18, so you're good too? So that's the good news, is that you both are going to have turns next turn. The question is, are you going to be in the mouth of the beast? <laughs> um, How's a nat 20 sound? That re-roll. Awful, man. Horrible, Sam. Not great. Rejected. Right. Counterspell. <laughs> yes. Blue. Only costs two blue. <laughs> so, we are looking at 47 damage on the bite. And um, you are not just grabbed. I think, I believe you're pinned. Oh, no. That's not ideal. Yeah, when you are pinned, you cannot move. You're flat-footed and you take penalties to all the same attributes as grappled which are of course 
um, AC in most attack rolls, reflex saves, initiative checks, and dex-based checks and ability. So that's going to be fun. But it can't eat you till next turn. And now it's your turn. Gotta kill it with that minus four to hit. Lysander would like to go first on this one because this came from his mech. Lysander would like to spend two power points, a measly two power points, to phase. Instantly teleporting us nice. and the operator 60 feet away. Whoa. Beautiful. As a standard action for my turn. So that is going to... I don't uh let's just boop to there. Right. Anywhere not next to it. And that's his turn. <laughs> you were booped free of the worm. That's huge. Space metal. Now that you're not pinned, um, who would like to shoot the monster? Him all the rest of us. <laughs> um, Farrell, you wanna shoot first since you've had several turns off here? Sure, yeah, I'll go. And I'll go again with the acid dart rifle because that worked pretty well last time that is a 31 to hit a 31 hits that is 20 points of acid damage that is the end of the giant space worm yes. looked like it was about to eat you but as it takes just a glob of acid right to the beak it burns clear through the thing and the gigantic pallid shimmering creature flops lifeless and kind of floats up free of the surface of the ship and it starts drifting off into space and it looks like the way is clear it looks like the force that attacked the Weraldal that shredded the crew that stole 30 something brains is is gone you've all faced down a threat that no one had even imagined before now let alone fought you've done half of what you came here to do uh, the ship can't be saved but you have surviving crew, uh, which Anfari has helpfully been rounding up and bringing to the Dapple while you've all been fighting. Everybody's safe. You're ready to return. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because it's space, a, an illuminated LED banner unfolds and it says mission accomplished. <laughs> mission accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> and it just flashes on top of the Weraldal as you as you all fly away and, and the gigantic <laughs> ship is absorbed by a thermonuclear explosion. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... As you all return with the entire gigantic environment module destroyed behind you, it takes four days, even under high thrust, to complete the triangle that Unity has mapped out for you, bypassing the rendezvous with whatever that warm object in space was, um, in favor of getting the ship and the survivors, including yourself, back to the safety of the Divinity. It's a quiet trip. The Dapple is crowded, to be sure. It was never meant to carry this many people. But there's a heavy, unspoken thickness in the air. You could call it shell shock, maybe. Disbelief. I think that there's a very real sense on the ship that even though what the four of you have managed to do was heroic in scale, it was far more than could have been expected of you. It, it doesn't feel like a victory. It, it feels more like survival. It feels like 30-something lost souls who will never come back to the mothership, let alone go home at the end of the mission. It's been 57 hours, 14 minutes, and 29 seconds since ignition on the return trip. 
And Unity chirps suddenly for the first time in a while. So probably making you jump. Warning. Anomalous activity detected. Approach route compromised. And the heads-up display on the Dapples Bridge switches to a visual reconstruction of your destination. The largest, most technologically advanced ship ever built. The most powerful military fleet Andrafa could ever even imagine summoning. And there it is. Embroiled in pure, unmitigated chaos. The divinity itself is bigger than any city and it dominates the frame. And thousands of huge cannons mounted all along its surface are tracking and firing and tracking and firing at thousands, literal thousands of huge, pulsating, living creatures that swarm around it. Unity struggles to isolate and analyze each of them in real time, but these are living beings more than 400 feet long, flying in the vacuum of space, lashing out with tentacles, firing bursts of energy and blasts of darkness from alien sphincter-like openings that dot their surfaces in unpredictable places. Warships are launching from Divinity's docking base, frigates and cruisers with huge payloads breaking off to engage subsets of this alien fleet while thousands of tiny fighters scramble through the scene, opening fire while worms, alien creatures like the one you just fought a few days ago, leap from the surfaces of these ships and launch themselves with unimaginable power and chaotic violence all over the field. What you're looking at as you come home, as you come back to the prospect of safety, is a living hell. It's a battle so huge and so intense that you can't even wrap your mind around everything that's going on. And I think desperation has to run through the minds of all of these survivors on this tiny little ship coming out of this ocean of darkness. Because there are so many of these things, and they fight with such tenacity. And you can't say with any confidence that the divinity is going to win this fight. But you know, beyond any doubt, that no help is coming. No one but you. The void is infinite, and it is always hungry. And when it turns its eye upon you, it will never look away. Take that nugget with you, and remember, in space, no one can go to bed. Spooky. I will keep that void nugget. <laughs> <laughs> Nugs and hugs, baby. Good night, Sam. Space night, Sam. Space night, Sam. <laughs> Space night, Sam. Space night, divinity. Space night, everybody. Space night, divinity. Space night, and drop an empire. I'm afraid. I can't play this awesome guitar solo. Pot Against the Machine is property of Network Against the Machine, LLC, all rights reserved. Starfinder and Pathfinder are property of Paizo Publishing. See their website, paizo.com, for more information. Yes, I'm an alien. Yes, I'm an alien. Yes, I'm an alien. I come from outer space. Yes, I'm an alien. Yes, I'm an alien. Yes, I'm an alien. I came to rock this place. Thank you to MC Lars for our theme song for episode 100, Space Game. We encourage you to check him out at patreon.com slash mclars. Additional sound credits are available in the show notes. As always, if you like what you hear, we encourage you to leave us a review on your pod chaser of choice. To uh, accidentally leave roll 20, uh, and <laughs> instead they're going to... I'm always paranoid that it didn't pick me up. Yeah, that was not a good clap on my part. I almost missed my hand. <laughs> Clapping is hard. They don't get enough credit. The professional clappers. Oh, that's no. true. I mean, that's why it's a famous koan about the sound of one hand clapping. <laughs>
Yep. We've been trying to teach my sister's baby that just turned one how to clap, and he is having a lot of trouble with that one. It's tough. Did you consider giving him a hand? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Space metal. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you have a, a a long enough respite that you can do the sort of thing that the game might recommend not doing mid combat. What I'm saying is, you can form a Voltron. Who's moving us? You all have control over the mech, so any of you can move it. I think this is a social experiment. Someone has to seize control. <laughs> yeah. I'm tapping out. I know, right? I don't, I've, I've done yeah, too much go. control today. There we go. Okay, now we just have to choose a weapon? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, theoretically, you can do four weapons. One, Each of you yeah. can use one. Yeah, and if you click on it, it shows what each of our bonuses and everything. Like, so who's firing what? <laughs> Um, the awkwardest Starfinder podcast in the history of existence. (laughs) (laughs) I do like a melee combat. Hello. What are you still doing here? You are wondering who opened the doors, perhaps? Did Unity open the doors? Why would Unity do that? Unity is here to help. You don't understand. You can't understand. No, you can't. But Unity can understand you. I am only here to help. Please. Let me help you.